It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. What do you see here? Bunker, sir. What's inside? Millions. Got a plan. Saddam stole it from the sheets. I have no problem stealing it from Saddam. They've got the gold. Let's just stick to the plan. The plan is for the gold, right? Now they've got problems. If you leave us here, we are dead. We have to get him over the border. George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Ice Cube. You go now, please. I don't think so. Three Kings. Hello and welcome to the film with three brains. I am Sean Chicago. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. No, you're not. I am. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, somewhere near San Francisco. <laughs> We're uh, off to a flying start again, I can tell. Or, <laughs> well, old machine. Uh, we are going to talk about a movie called Three Kings, 1999, directed by David O. Russell, starring George Clooney, Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg, and kind of Spike Jones, I guess. Um, it is a, I, I said it was a drama and yeah, what? that's, I, well, you, you tried to correct me last time, but, uh, now that we're going to get into it, uh, I think it's listed as a black comedy war film or something like that. So I don't think it's a black comedy. I don't think it's a black comedy either. It doesn't, that doesn't work for it's me. It's not very funny. Is it trying to be funny? I guess. I don't think so. The first part, the first half i think was pretty funny i think the shit with nora dunn was funny and sometimes spike yeah. jones is kind of funny and mark Wahlberg, i find amusing most of the time <laughs> particularly when he's playing sort of a doofy character like this yeah <laughs> um well let's start with when how many times have we seen it when we when we saw it that sort of stuff hmm. I, this was I've number two this is number two for you okay i'd say probably three for me it was definitely two for me because I I didn't remember what happened to some of the characters. I mean, there's not. Well, yeah. okay. I mean, we're we obviously go full spoilers all the time in this podcast. So, um, if you haven't seen it, you you better. It's your last chance. But yeah, I didn't remember Spike Jones bites the big one. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I didn't remember some of the details like that too. This for me, the Three Kings is sort of my standard sort of uh, mo with movies. I see it in the theater if I like it, I rent it when it comes out, and then you know if I really like it, I'll watch it again at some point. And this one, I I always liked it. I just never, I don't think I ever really watched it again after that. So this this is my third. Cool. So it's pretty fresh for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things things were happening. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or even just like never even, I didn't even remember it. I was like, oh, okay. I don't remember that. Did you remember it was after the war had officially yeah. ended? Yes. I didn't remember that. I thought it was sort of at the tail end of it, but it was a fish. Uh, so I guess the, the, the basis of the plot is the Gulf War has ended and <clears throat> there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a peace treaty signed. Um, so, you know, the American soldiers are partying with, uh, ill-gotten alcohol, which you're not supposed to have in Saudi Arabia. They didn't really touch on that. I just, I don't know why I mentioned that. Anyway, they're, um, partying because it's over, but someone finds a map in a, in an inexplicable place. Um, the map is leading to a, you know, a bunch of gold. And so three, these three guys of various rank, uh, go off to search for it, and then they get a lot more than they bargained for in the process. I'm, I don't know if we need a whole rundown, but that's the gist of it. Did they ever really explain why some dude was wandering around with a map in his butthole? <laughs> well, they didn't explain why he wasn't more upset when he lost it, right. because they, they were they were they were surrendering, and they had to you know, like give up their, they had to basically take off their clothes, most of their clothes or what, you know, I guess they were, were they being patted down and stuff like that? I don't know. They were sort yeah, of, I guess processing them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, they couldn't just find it in a bottle. <laughs> it looked like it was in a bottle, kind of. Uh, yeah, so he's he so an Iraqi had a, a map to the gold that was actually belonged to Kuwait and was taken by Saddam and and with along with a lot of valuables and stuff and they and they put it in a bunker and this map was a, a treasure map of sorts um it's a so i guess it's kind of a heist movie which sure. you know totally. little, actually Definitely. i think that's what david o russell said he, he was looking through the scripts that they had and it said heist heist movie or a heist in the at the end of the gulf war or something like that yeah. and that was that's what got his attention yeah but apparently he redid he basically did his own take on that idea mm-hmm. and didn't the the guy who has the story by uh john ridley is still kind of pissed about it right i thought i read that john ridley was kind of you know they, they used his idea they gave him the story by credit but he's never talked to it. like they released the film they never even like gave him a heads up or anything i don't know if yeah. that's typical in the business yeah, or not it's you think I don't you'd know. at least have a conversation with it. a director would have a conversation with the guy who wrote it right yeah, maybe so, I guess it just depends i um in some of the writing courses i went to they always say oh you want to write a book so that people will make it into a movie or tv show like if you you know that's <laughs> that's that's uh, that should be one of your goals like imagine making something that people are going to want to bring into other levels and then they they the i've heard this a couple times immediately following up that they say they say but just remember if you do that it's not yours they yeah. might not ever talk to you about it. They might not ever ask you about it. And whatever mm-hmm. you wrote, they might totally change. <laughs> so it's like they, they're like, this is your goal is to do this, but then say goodbye to it. So, um, <laughs> oh. yeah. And then I remember, one of them I went to remember because um, uh, Ready Player One, he, he, um, blank on the author's name, help me. Oh, Ernie. Uh... <laughs> yes, Klein. Yeah. So, because Ernest Klein actually got to be part of it, and I remember them saying, "Like, yeah, that doesn't happen." Mm-hmm. You know, like they actually got to be part of Ready Player One. So, That's cool. Anyway, I don't think yeah. it's that surprising. They're, they actually had a couple different. I can't remember the names now, but they had people who who they gave examples from who had like never seen the movie. Like, like once they were told certain things were being changed, they just refused to ever see the movie so they never had to comment on it they never had to be interviewed about it because they didn't want to see something they didn't like and then have to be honest so hmm. happens i think a lot well that's that's a useful information so so he shouldn't have been so surprised that it happened it went down like that um right john ridley somewhere it said he was uh a, a, a comedian I mean, it says he's a screenwriter, director, novelist, but yeah, he was a comedian. He was also a comedian, and and he was kind of challenging himself to write one and see how fast he could write it and get it, you know, picked up. And it was like he wrote it in seven days, and then it was like what? seven, seventeen or eighteen days that he actually sold it. It was some ridiculous <laughs> oh thing. My like God, he, yeah, like he must. It was some challenge. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just right. got some magic, but I know it made me feel guilty. I'm like, oh, is it that easy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you get? I mean, how do you get someone to even look at something in 17 days? Jeez. Yeah, he must have connect. He must have already had connections or, yeah. or been been ready to give yeah. it to someone. I don't know. I'm sure he had an agent. You know, he'd been published. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's uh, blanking on the name of what he called it. It wasn't oh, a good title. Spoils of War. Spoils of War, which yeah. I don't don't care for. But eh, it's not great. I, and what something else he didn't like about it, like he just well, he just didn't. He just it wasn't his anymore. Yeah, it was something else. But I'm not sure in what way. Like if it was not serious enough. I think it was just a little more serious the way he did it, more straightforward. And David O. Russell was like, well, I mean. He didn't. He didn't want it to end up like an action movie. I know that he like didn't want it too loud and too, you know. He didn't want the the violence to be too 
mm-hmm. stylized or have too many cameras, you know, mm-hmm. to have, have it look like cuts. A, yeah. Um, but he obviously had some different ideas about, you know, the way he, like I, the good close-ups of the internal organs and, and the way he smashed things together was, was, I thought it was pretty effective. I mean, I, I, I'm not alone. I think everybody, um, it was a very well-received movie, so I don't think we're going on a limb saying this was pretty well done. Yeah. But it was the way he did it. I think it was, you know, there was something about the way he <clears throat> was able to balance some humor, some action, some drama, mm-hmm. a little bit of, little bit of intrigue or mystery, yeah. you might say. Yeah. I'm assuming that's why... Why it was why it was so, you know, well liked and sure. I mean, I I think that I think that I'm I'm not sure it it does. I don't want to say hold up because that's not it doesn't. It's it's dated because of the Gulf War itself. Yeah. Because when when people talk about the Iraq War, they usually are talking about 2003, or is it 2004? 2004. So it's that time frame, that the right. second Iraq yeah. War, mm-hmm. and this is the first one. This is the what's true that's called the Gulf War. Yeah, which seems like a long, long time ago now. Mm, it, was. it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, you're old. <laughs> oh crap! You're right. But I mean, I think stylistically, this is kind of like a more, I want to say, maybe adult or more. Uh, serious version of kind of like a Guy Ritchie film. Um, mm. Like it, it definitely has its, its, you know, Guy Ritchie has a style of shooting and style of storytelling that appears to like the maybe 14 to 16 year old range or maybe 18. <laughs> I think this one goes, is a little more serious, a little more slowed down, but still has those, those style elements. Um, like you mentioned, the bullets entering the people and things like that and the way, and the the action music at the same time and the way they go together that kind of remind me of like okay it's a it's a stylized film um but at the same time just like a little more mature even though they're so yeah. immature yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, like i said, don't know that's the right word <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to say I don't know. I mean, it's got well, mature themes, I suppose. Yeah. And, yeah. The and at its are... heart, it wants to be a satire, and I think it mostly succeeds. Yeah. But not a black comedy. I wouldn't call it a black comedy. Mm-hmm. Personally, I wouldn't. But, no, I, th- you know. I think of a black comedy as some, something where bad things happen to the characters, and you're kind of laughing at the bad things that happen because they're so absurd or... And I don't think you're laughing at any of the bad stuff that happens to these right. guys. Yeah, because this isn't really it's about pretty the terrible. war. <laughs> it's really yeah. about trying to get rich, especially get rich off of other people. Right. So it's not yeah. it's it's not satirizing, or. But then you know later it shifts a bit and becomes about you know soldiers trying to do something good in a in a pointless war, right? You know. Well, to actually be that idealistic, or to find soldier. meaning, to find meaning in what is essentially just a nihilistic endeavor, you know, this war that no one can define why they were there or what they did, and trying to do one good thing when when bad things are still happening. Yeah. Have you guys seen Jarhead? Yeah. I, I was thinking about that movie a bit because it's a similar. Actually, that might be Gulf War Two. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it is. I think it's, it's not Gulf um, War? It's Middle East. I don't know. It is, but I don't... I thought it was in Afghanistan, but I could be wrong. Jake Gyllenhaal is a a marine sniper, and there's a lot of talking about hydrating in the desert. And it's, you know, it's more of a soldier story than this is because they... I mean, I think that's kind of satirizing war or just the whole endeavor and stuff. But I didn't find it as effective because there's no way for us to connect with them we're like well yeah. you know i mean that's well, interesting yeah. but i, I mean the thing, the thing about jarhead is it's a movie about how oftentimes soldiers don't have anything to do during a quote-unquote war mm-hmm. you know so in jarhead they're just sitting around the whole time and there's no plot really there's no story exactly yeah it's more like a way. character study of what it's like to be a trained soldier with nothing to do 
Yeah. And I feel like they cut co- this in Three Kings, they covered that in the first scene. <laughs> it was right. like, oh. yep. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, this is a sequel to Jarhead. Yeah. You know, the Jarhead happens and then these guys are like, fuck, let's go steal some gold. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> but then then they end up at the at the very end of a few good men where where george clooney doesn't have to say it but we're like we are supposed to fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves i'm curious about that because i on on its on paper on, on on the face of it it's it's really kind of schmaltzy you know, like it didn't feel schmaltzy, but it should be like, it's yeah, like, but you know what? Yeah. He sentiment. wasn't really doing that because you can take a step back and be like, was he doing that or not? And you'd be like, no, he was really just saving his butt. Like all of these things, he made the one choice, but after that, all the other choices were more about saving his butt, Yeah, you know? So it's, well, it's not, he never went full Disney. He just, he, right. He did one good thing, but he was still also selfish, his selfish self the whole rest sure. of the way, too. Right. You know, and that, the, that's why it worked, because he stayed true to his character, yeah. you know. And his character, um, just go off on a tangent here, I think his character for this movie is the same exact character as Michael Clayton. Yeah. Mm, I don't remember it enough so, to... Michael Clayton and him, and in, in, in this movie, uh, Gates, he's... He's someone who doesn't like the job he's in, kind of wants to be out of it, isn't taken seriously or isn't appreciated for what he does, and gets in this crazy, hairy situation. Um, And he kind of goes through, like, I don't know if it's just George Clooney being George Clooney or if it's like, or if just is like the best he can be or something, but it's just like, it felt like he had the same exact persona as in Michael Clayton, but I really mm-hmm. like it. I like it works. It works, you know, yeah. like, mm. you know, but if you, you can see like when you watch three Kings, you can see George Clooney still sort of learning how to be an actor, mm-hmm. you know, like he's good in it, but he still has head ticks and shit. And, you know, he's got these little things he used to do that were sort of crutches um, not as bad, not as bad as some, uh, not as bad as like From Dust Till Dawn, which is maybe the worst, but it's also one of his first films, you know, and the, you know, you watch anything he's done in the last few years and none of that, he doesn't do any of that shit anymore. You know, like he's evolved, he's grown. Yeah. Um, and, in, and so what I would say is Michael Clayton, you know, is old, is, is old enough that he's still ironing out the kinks, but if you watch them back to back, I think you'll see that he's better in Michael Clayton than he is in Three Kings. Yeah. And that's just him evolving. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, don't, I, I don't know why. I, I guess I kind of worded that as if I'm disagreeing with you, but I am not. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> but it's your nature. I understand. <laughs> I, yeah. I really like Michael Clayton. It, it, yeah, it's good. That, that one I watched a few months ago, so it was... You know, I was able to draw that comparison. And I was like, it's the same guy. I th- I think that um, the important thing that he says is about necessity. You know, he's like, yeah. the you know, things change and that was important now or before. And now this is important. So that's part of, I think what you were saying as well is like, you know, he's not, he's, it's, it's self-interest, but he also is looking looking out for the people around him. I mean, he he has some concern for their well being, and <laughs> I, I mean, I forgot that the C four strap to the uh, football was actually going to be important later. Yeah, which is yeah, which is clever. Um, but I mean, you know, like when when that happens, you're like, okay, he should just ditch all these idiots and, and take you know, like, what is right. he doing? What is he doing with these people? But right. As as it progresses, you you know he, he cares for them a bit more. We care for them a bit more, and that's why I think the Spike Jones is is pretty interesting too because he has this. I mean, he's the the most clueless of all of them. Um, I guess you could say, and and he's also the most unlikely hero, or you know, unlikely person to to do to do us proud, or to, you know, do them do them all proud. Um, but I like that they didn't, he didn't like 
he didn't like shoot anybody to save somebody else. He did, it wasn't, it was just subtle. It was just like, yeah. he just showed up, you know, Clooney gives, tells him like, well, first you do the scary thing and then you have courage. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, it shouldn't be yeah. that way. You know? <laughs> and, and it's also interesting, you know, the behind the scenes stuff is really interesting because, um, the Clooney and David O. Russell stuff. But yeah. I was going to say before, you know, in addition to that, that Spike Jones was directing, being John Malkovich, or he was in in some process of doing that while he was working with David O. Russell, and he and he talked. You know, they were able to. You know, he, he's this was like his first real acting thing, and he kind of did it with his buddy David O. Russell. And from the comments, uh, it it sounded like it, it, everyone thought it was, it was going to be terrible, but it was really kind of refreshing because a non actor kind of person thrown into this added a different energy to it. Yeah. And it, and uh, it did seem like that. Like it, at first I was like, oh, you know, is, is he doing the right, is he doing the accent right? And then, by, you know, ten, five minutes later, I was like, oh, this, I, I was sold on the character. I was like, oh, this guy, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was surprised that it was his first acting job because like, he, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah he, he was did. good. Yeah. It's annoying in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's annoying when he's supposed to be annoying. He's yeah. dumb. and But then he's also, you know, the when he talks about the shrine and the, you know, he comes to an, to an understanding with Ice Cube, who he's at odds with in the beginning. And, and, you know, that's all that stuff kind of, again, not over the, you're not hitting you over the head with any of it. Just sort of, it's in there. All that stuff is in there. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Did you guys read any of that stuff about Clooney and George yeah. and O'Russell? Sure. Or, or do you remember that's, I, I feel like I remember that stuff more than the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that was, I, I only read about it. I don't remember hearing it at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Well, it's, I think they suppressed it for a while, at first. Yeah. Because it came out after the movie. Like this, There was rumors of it, but it wasn't confirmed until later. It's interesting reading about it because they both, they both agree that there was serious friction on set. Yeah. And but their ren, sort of their renditions of what actually happened are so vastly different, and they both sound credible to me, which is interesting. Right, <laughs> and yeah. like you can see either of them being right, and maybe even both of them being right. Like their perception mm -hmm. of it, they could both be true, I guess, sort of. If only there was some other person on set for any of these instances that could give <laughs> I their thoughts. <laughs> I would love to know, like, has anyone ever asked Mark Wahlberg about it or Spike Jones or Ice Cube? Like, what did they say? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they thought too hard about it. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I think, uh, speaking of Ice Cube, I think he's fantastic in this. He's, yeah. it's really good for, I it's a really, really like him. him. Yeah. And the it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit different, you know, for him, his role is a bit different. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's just playing himself and he's really good. Yeah, I agree. And you know, this is especially, you know, he's coming off of Friday and then a couple other movies that weren't really big hits. Um, Friday was a pretty big role. hit, wasn't it? No, yeah, I said after that, but, mm. but he did Friday, which was huge. Yeah. And then he did like some little movies oh, and then he gotcha. did this. Yeah. Like it, and it, to me, it was like, oh, this is, a, this is a, a great departure from Friday for his sure. acting career yeah. and totally enjoyable to watch. And to this, this to me is like Ice Cube at my favorite. Yeah. That. And same with, you know, you mentioned Walt, Mark Wahlberg too is, mm -hmm. is same thing as, I think he he was on a hot streak for a while where I was like, okay, anything Mark Wahlberg is in, I'll go see. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. He, I like Mark Wahlberg in this too. He, you know, he's sort of, he, he has two modes, you know, him and George Clooney are kind of similar in that regard. I think they sort of have two modes. There's like, there's like the likable doofus and then there's like the, the total hard ass. And there's some, <laughs> you know, there's some, uh, some gray area in there on some of their roles, but for the most part, that's really what they stick to. And they're both good at both. But I think Mark Wahlberg is a bit better at the doofy or like the naive naivete he brings to that role is so funny to me. He just yeah. kills me when he comes out when after he's tortured yeah. and he's rescued and he's walking out and he's like, Hey, you're in shock. And he's walking. And he's like, yeah. So we just, we go and do this. And oh, yeah. And I couldn't help but think of Cohen. I'm like, does anyone care about the bees? You know, <laughs> 
because he snaps I'm into to that. a plant. I'm still doing it. Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, that's that works for the scene because he's, he's yeah. yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. Everything seems, everything seems simple to him. He's like, yeah, no problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they're not even that, you know, they're, they're still right in the thick of it. Everything's still happening. Yeah. And like so George Clooney. his best movie? Wait, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. No. What's his best? Um, uh, well, <laughs> I, I guess it depends. I guess it depends because like I think, um, uh, wow, I just drew a blank on the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. And the, uh, the, the, the Departed. Yeah, The Departed. Yeah. Like The Departed and The Fighter. No, the fighter's good. Oh, I have yeah. not seen the fighter. It's what? been on my list for so long. Do you, I mean, do you think, dude? He's those are two of his Christian best, Bale's the best films he's in. Yeah, yeah, Christian Bale's great. Okay, but we're not I'm surprised when it. Christian Bale is great anymore. Right. He's so with everybody, he's always great. <laughs> I mean, right. I put I put this in maybe Wahlberg's like top five. So six or seven or five. <laughs> six, seven. You're like the other guys, Ted. <laughs> the other guys is definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people really like Boogie Nights, but and I like Boogie Nights. Right. But I don't, oh, I forgot I don't about Boogie Nights. Especially, Boogie I don't think he's especially good in Boogie Nights. I'm, I think maybe, he's good. I'm sure I mean, I'm the minority, but. I think everyone can agree, though, Fear is his best performance. You're being serious, yes? Yeah. No? Are you being serious? <laughs> I think he's I think he's messing with me I'm enjoying What's, listening yeah, to you I, figure I know, it out I know I well, know when you were talking about like his two modes I, w- I was thinking about fear I was thinking about when he when he in that movie he's like really qu- soft and quiet and then he gets really, really loud yeah. and obnoxious, right. you know crazy but mm-hmm. he's good in it though it's way over the top and it's ridiculous, okay. but he's okay. pretty good in it, I guess. But I'm not, I was kidding. It's not his best performance. It couldn't yeah. be, right? I At least I he shows a bit range. No. Max Payne. Ugh, one dude, that movie bad. sucks. Yeah, that, that one looked bad. So, anyway. It was bad. All right, Is what it? were we going to say about George Clooney? Oh, I was going to say his, you know, his, his doofiness is a little different, you know, cause his is mostly relegated to the Coen brothers films he's done. And it's not the same. It's not the same. Like Mark Wahlberg has this sort of innocent doofiness about him in, in those roles. And George Clooney is more, uh, quirky. Yeah. George Clooney's doofiness seems more like a, a, a kind of smarter guy playing dumber. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Whereas, Mark Wahlberg is, yeah, yeah, it's like this, this innocent, like, right. What do you mean? Like, with the power of the aliens. <laughs> like, he could have said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, cut the power. He, he you exploded. know, Deepwater Horizon, he's, you know, that's, that's all about him. I, I, I I'm not saying. I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a. I saw that keep your piece attention. of shit, Infinity or Infinite. I don't know how you would say it since there's no way to know that Paramount Plus, th- like original. Oh, just, Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reading. I don't. I didn't see it, but he did Training Day, yeah. but this uh, is not as good as Training Day. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Terrible. So how? So you can't. You don't know if it's Infinity or in, Infinite. I mean, it's got to be. Know. Infi- it's got to be Infinite. They're spelled the same, right? No, Infinity should have a Y, at least in English, right? Should have a Y. What? <laughs> I think. Am I out of my mind? You might You might be you having a moment. Of, uh, Holy yeah. crud. All right, well, then it's infinite. Hey, don't worry. I was the one that yeah. couldn't figure out. If oh, he's, you're right. D, geez. <laughs> oh, come on. English is a second language. We're not going to pick fun of you. English is my, <laughs> my fifth language. <laughs> the first I four am. are all series of grunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I speak oh, geek, hey. nerd, dork, geek wad, which is a dialect of geek. <laughs> <laughs> and booger eating. <laughs> yes. That's your first language. Yep. I actually saw... Anyway, the movie sucks. <laughs> okay. I saw Rockstar in a theater with... I don't oh, know, shit. I think I did too. And I have to say, I didn't hate him in that. I don't know why. Because he's... I don't think he can actually sing, right? I mean, he's... I don't know. I it's doubt such, it. It's such a weird... I don't know. 
but we don't have to go through his. I, I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you his worst. Here's his worst film to me. Yeah. 1998, The Big Hit. Oh boy, that's a rough one. I hate that movie. Yeah, that movie stinks, man. It just bothers me that it exists. Yep. What about the Perfect Storm? A lot Storm? of people were helping. Perfect Storm's pretty good. Yeah, I like that movie. Is he? But did he have to do it? I'm I'm looking for a movie where he had to stretch a little bit. Uh, well, he doesn't do that. Doesn't yeah, do that's that. not that's not really his deal. <laughs> okay. You know, he does right, what so he does. He, I, I think I like, I mean, I'm, I'm hard pressed to like pick a Mark Wahlberg film where I think he's bad in it there. He's in terrible movies. Uh, sorry. I guess the happening, he's pretty terrible in that, but what are you going to do with but that? That's a bad movie. Like what yeah. the fuck are you going to do with those, those lines? Yeah. yeah. The, you know, that script is just dog shit. The dialogue is garbage. I mean, yeesh. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> You know, we've reviewed a lot of movies, and and I would say of of like you know the top three build cast. If we could like hang out for you know Friday night, yeah, this would be this would be one of the the top picks here because I just think that these yeah. three guys would be yeah. pretty fun. Spike Agreed. Jones too. I want Spike Jones there. Yeah, yeah, we can we can pick top four. <laughs> sure, uh, we're flexible. We can do anything we want. Three of us, four of them. <laughs> Three brains, four actors. There we go. We we oh. have fr- three brains, four actors. Friday night. It's a TV show waiting to happen. <laughs> Indeed. I also think uh, Nora Dunn was quite good in this. Yeah, she was. Yeah, especially the scene the scene with the 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 um the what you who's it's the birds covered in oil and she just like has a total breakdown and she's yeah. so good in yeah. that scene. <laughs> or when uh, Jamie Kennedy is like, it's like, yeah, you're so pretty, and he's like, like. <laughs> about to try to kiss her and <laughs> she's like she doesn't look at it and just pushes she away just like, yeah whatever <laughs> yeah, I thought it, it was it was it was weird when um you know uh the main sort of Iraqi uh, Iraqi guy um Cliff Curtis mm. um who plays Amir you know in the sort of the second yeah. half of the film after they free him from being tortured and stuff so the girl playing his daughter when she came on and I said to Sam my wife I said is that maybe from Arrested Development, and we're like, nah. And then you know, as another scene comes up where she's like, I think that's maybe. She looked her up. And she's like, it is. It's maybe from Arrested Development. Oh shit! It's, it's like her first film role. Oh. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Arrested Development. I mean, she's in a bunch of other stuff too. She's in Search Party, and we've been watching um, the Jeff Bridges show on FX called The Old Man, and she has a pretty big role in that too. I mean, she's in a ton of stuff. No, but I, I still in- we always think of her as maybe. Okay. <laughs> from the rest of development. And then and then towards the end I'm like, is that uh that one soldier who finally cuts Mark Wahlberg's hands free so he can release the valve? I was yeah. like, is that is that Jim Gaffigan? Yeah, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> it? it is? It is. Yeah, yeah it, it is. looks like, like it. what the hell is he doing in this? He's in the credits. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so weird to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Super pale guy in the desert. He should be a lot redder. Yeah, he um, <laughs> should be a lot redder. Yeah, he should get some front, some crisp on him. No, that uh, Cliff Curtis guy, he has an amazing range of. Well, I mean, I guess it's more the casting, it's not his, but like, he's he's New Zealand. He's a he's, yeah. he's Maui ancestry, and he's playing this Iraqi, and he plays. Um, like a training day, he plays a Mexican character. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> like they, they yeah, just throw the, him at the any diversity ethnicity. of his roles is fascinating. <laughs> he does a good job in all of them, but it's just like I don't know how people pick him out. And it's like, well, you know, he's dark skinned Let's put him. He's to make him an Iraqi. Like you know, yeah. I wonder if he, how he feels about that, or he's just like, oh no, it's more work. Why not? Yeah. He's. I think he's even in a Die Hard movie, isn't he? Uh, he is. He's yeah. in Live Free or Die Hard. Super. <sighs> yeah, that was sort of where I think that kind of put him on the He's map. That movie war- warriors. made a bit of a splash. Hmm. It was well received. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, double ups while we're talking about casting? <clears throat> uh, I didn't really. Wasn't really thinking there's about one, it. No. Well, there's one you should should know. Big. You know, top top build actor here. One of the big three. One of the kings. Come on. 
<laughs> oh yeah. We yeah. do. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. It's a Cohen movie. Really? It's going back. Which one did we do? We must have done George Clooney. I don't know. Uh, out of sight. Oh, right. Duh. I can't believe. I've oh yeah, there we go. You know, we, was, we gotta move things along. Because he did that. He did that like right before this too, Slow didn't he? Like a year or two before this. Yes, I think that was. I think. Yeah. I think David O. Russell knew him from from Out of Sight, and that's part of the reason he wanted him. Actually, he didn't want him at first, right? No, he didn't want him. Right? He didn't. <laughs> uh wait he didn't want him he wanted like everybody else yeah that was interesting like what? i was like why did nick cage no, turn this down? that was back when he turned down roles yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then they didn't want uh they right. wanted somebody else for um one yeah. of the big parts oh they wanted a bunch of people um but they but That's they didn't so want Jeff Bridges what? because of the yeah. bad turnout at the bit. box office of Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. Insanity. Yeah. That's it's crazy. not a double up, but when I was watching, uh, you know, the credits started rolling and I was just sort of like sitting yeah. there looking at it, wondering if I'd spot anybody. I noticed that the um, two things. One, uh, the production design was by Catherine Hardwick. And I'm like, wait, Catherine Hardwick? Is it the lady who directed Twilight? <laughs> and yes, oh. it is her. Oh. Um, and then Brian Bosworth plays the action star at the end when George Clooney's like, you know, uh, epilogue. He is a, oh. you know, a consultant in, in Hollywood. <laughs> the guy kind of walks away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't even remember seeing him. I just saw him in the credits. Brian Bosworth as action star. I assumed it was that scene. Yeah, I think it is. Um, for those who don't know, Brian Bosworth was a football player who had a brief Hollywood career. It wasn't even that brief. <laughs> he, he made quite a few movies, but there's only one or two that actually got like theatrical releases. And the first one was called Stone Cold. Stone I saw in the theater, Cold. and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie. Uh, it's it's not good. <laughs> Not it was that kind of awesome? To, okay. Yeah. It, you know. How is he compared to like, I, I put him like in a category of Dolph Lundgren maybe. No, he's not as good as Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, but you, you, uh, come on. You think Dolph Lundgren is good based on one line oh, from God. one movie, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rocky Four. Two lines from the same movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Two lines from two movies? No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding because he All has right, two so good lines. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the other line? Well, in the, earlier in the film, he's, he's paired up with a short kind of dorky guy. And the dorky guy is just like in a t-shirt and they're about to go like kick some ass. He's like, I need a jacket. He got a jacket. And he hands him like a letter jacket. He goes, oh, this fits me perfectly. And he goes, it should. It was mine when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> it should. <laughs> Which, does that even anyway. work? That doesn't even work. It's a lie. Sure it does. It. It, should. it should because he's so small. Yes, but how would he know it was my when I was twelve? Whatever. Okay. Dolph fine. Lundgren says he hands him a coat. It fits him. He says, "Wow, it fits great." I, he goes, "I, I get what they're Dolph going Lundgren for." Dolph Lundgren says, "It should. It was mine when I was twelve. Meaning, you are the size of a twelve-year-old boy because you're little. <laughs> what doesn't work about that? <laughs> right. This is comedy gold, Sean. Yeah, no. oh, no. <laughs> but also beyond that. Oh, Fungren <laughs> has his moments in movies he's in. Rocky Four comes Rocky to mind. Right. Expendables, he's pretty good, even though those movies aren't great. I need to watch that. Brian again. Bosworth sucks. Right, that's he's what a we were terrible going, actor. We were trying to figure out. He's got. He doesn't have two good lines in any of his films, including Stone Cold. Does he? Does <laughs> including he, Stone Cold. Is he, how is he fighting in Stone Cold? How that's is pretty good. He's, he's right. the, action scenes, the action scenes are pretty good. Okay. All right. <laughs> they're not great, but they're they're all right. They're serviceable. <laughs> and um, um and uh I forgot the bad guy's name. Who plays Bishop in Aliens? All right. Lance Henriksen oh, plays the yeah. big bad guy in Stone Cold and Lance Henriksen's awesome. Yeah, that I'll agree with. I yeah. him as a perhaps maybe worth it as a freebie <laughs> because of Lance Henriksen. <laughs> and he's totally overacting the whole time. It's great. Uh, well, we just mentioned Lebowski. Uh, one of the double ups is the music done by Carter Burwell, 
What else did he do? He does pretty much all of the Coen Brothers movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's done. Interesting. Blood, he did Blood Simple, which would be our double up. Raised mm. in Arizona, Fargo, Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading, Hail Caesar, Buster wow. Scruggs. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, he's done Spike Jones as well. He's done some of their his movies. So, hmm. And the, the last one I saw was the cinematographer, hmm. Newton Thomas Siegel. Sounds like a kid's book character. <laughs> uh, and I think he, oh yeah, he did pump up the volume. Yeah. So, so that's it. Look at that. That's the only ones I could find anyway. Noise. I can't believe that there's some, like some of these people we haven't touched on. I will, I mean, clearly we did once, but um, we haven't done a Wahlberg thing. We haven't done yeah. some of these random, well, I guess it's not that surprising, but. There's a lot of people in this movie, I guess is what I'm saying. That's yeah. You'd think maybe there'd be more. Yeah. So what happened to Jamie Kennedy? Mm. Did, any, did something happen to him? <laughs> I feel it, like as a child. He, yes. Something happened to him. Just because, feel like he had, his career was going pretty well there for a while. Yeah. Quite a while, quite a while ago. And what now it's the, like, uh, he's in all the latter tremors sequels. <laughs> oh, he's doing tremors. Oh, yeah. he ran out of, Screen they brought him in, too. you know, I guess, to really spice up Tremors 4 or whatever the hell. And he's done everyone since. <laughs> to spice up Tremors. <laughs> oh, he's an extra in Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah. He's an uncredited extra. Uh, I bet he's bummed he didn't get a line or anything. Yeah. Him and Jim uh, Gaffigan. <laughs> I, remember, I remember him in Romeo and Juliet. He had a small part yeah. in that. Sure, yeah. And then, I don't know. Clock Watchers, Scream uh, 2, Scream. Scream, yeah. Hmm. Small Part in Enemy of the State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people in that movie, a lot of kind of nerdish types like Seth Green and Jack Black. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, I'm trying to remember the the show he did. It was like a prank show, Jamie Kennedy oh, something. right. The Jamie Kennedy Experiment. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Was it just a prank? Was it a prank thing? Like a punked national picture kind of I thing? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he, you know, he was doing fine and then he did Son of the Mask and I think everyone just was like, nope, you're done. Oh. Uh, yeah. That was after. That's 2005. So yeah, it's by that time, yeah, his, his career starts petering out. He And everything after that is like not great. <laughs> He's in the Ghost Whisperer for 45 episodes, but I've never seen one of those. Oh, yeah? Apparently. I never, I've never seen it either. Oh, he's a voice in the Cleveland show, but I, I don't watch that either. Me either. The spinoff of the family guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. How about David Russell? Sorry, David O. Russell. <laughs> he's yeah. got quite a career. Yeah. He's got quite a... Yeah. And we, we talked... We were trying to figure out which his first movie. I don't, it's some indie movie that I haven't seen. Spanking but, the Monkey. Yeah. 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 I forgot that he did that. I remember seeing that when it came out. Um, when we were all in college, I remember renting yeah, me it too. and watching it because I was really into all the indie shit that was coming out then. I was like, oh, it was pretty good. It's. I don't think it was, but whatever. Flirting with Disaster is pretty good though, and I yeah, forgot he had done that, that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember liking that. Um, probably won't the, pick it now but yeah I mean this is a bit of a, a, a departure for him I mean, it's his third film but the first two are just sort of not frivolous exactly but sort of light hearted and then I Heart Huckabees was kind of a I don't know what the hell you call that I didn't like it <clears throat> an exploration of weirdness I don't know yeah Spirituality yeah. and weirdness. That I can't believe they they gave him a really big you know well that for those days forty eight million that's a lot of money yeah and coming off of flirting with disaster like where where did he how did he get that how did he <laughs> get this job I don't know it's a good question and they let him pick out a screenplay like I mean does he know yeah. did he know people or uh, isn't that the same in Hollywood is it the third movie is your movie. 
Yeah. Like, but as it's even his third movie, I'd you know you could say it's like his second. It's his third. Oh no, Spanking I mean, the Monkey, Flying right, right. Disaster. This one did Spanking the Monkey do okay as far as a? I mean, as far as like an indie film goes, indie I, film? I I would imagine it probably did fine. I don't really know. Um, I don't know. Did it? I think so. What's weird, you know what's weird about David O. Russell though is I I saw The Fighter. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then I've I've never seen any more of his movies after that. Really? Yeah. You never saw Silver Linings Playbook? No. Or American That's Hustle? Great. No. That's great. Oh, you never seen yeah. the American Hustle? No. Come on, watch that. There was something about the trailers that started to turn me off about I his thought movies, I was and I don't know it. what it is exactly. Yeah, I agree. I understand what you're saying, I think, but I thought I was going to hate it, and I really liked that movie. Yeah. yeah and American I Hustle's good. I should, I should give him a playbook. Yeah, Very I guess good. I should give him a chance. He start, in my mind, he starts to take on like this Aaron Sorkin-esque thing where, you know, like Aaron Sorkin is an extremely talented writer. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can tell he knows he is. Or or like that, that starts to like his, I feel like his ego starts to leak into the screen. Like it, 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 I don't know how to explain it. No, it's I like get what you're Aaron saying. Like, that, like the his voice is too smart. Yeah. Everyone sounds too smart. They're too, they're they're too similar. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone just sounds like Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching the the trailers for like Silver Linings Playbook American Hustle, it's sort of like that. I mean, it's different, but it's kind of yeah. like that. Like tonally, they feel so similar. They got these great sort of ensemble casts and all, but you know, there's all this banter and witty shit, and I don't know. It's just, I sure this it sort of turned me off. There's plenty of stupid people in both those movies. Stupid yeah. characters. Yeah. All right, because I need stupid. I need stupidity in a movie, guys. I, I, don't, know, know, I, don't, I, know I don't know if you <laughs> suss that out about me. <laughs> That. So, <laughs> and fighting, yeah, and right. fighting. Yeah. I mean, someone's face has to be smacked, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I and I did uh, just by coincidence saw a um, preview for Amsterdam. Yeah, well, uh, I did too. Yeah, which okay. I'm curious. Another ensemble, and I got the case. I got the same vibe. I was like, David O. Russell, man. It's, it just <laughs> seems so clearly his some- film. There's a lot of good and, actors in that, though, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great actors, sure. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, that's the thing, is once you put together Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Chris Rock, Remy Malek, and Robert De Niro, <laughs> plus, I mean, Michael Shannon, who right. I can't imagine he's going to be anyone besides Michael Shannon, but I still <laughs> like to watch his weirdness. You know what's great? Um, did you guys see that, um, that show uh, with Nicole Kidman? Uh, fuck, what was it called? I think uh, nine nine perfect strangers. No. It was on one of the streamers. I can't remember which one. And it had an ensemble cast. Melissa McCarthy's in it. Oh. Um, and and Michael Shannon's in it, playing a, playing a totally different character from who he usually plays. He plays like a a husband and father who's like super upbeat and positive, <laughs> and. It's really interesting to see. I mean, their family has like this shared tragedy and he's trying to keep them all together through, okay, you know, just trying to be a, a positive influence for his wife and daughter. It's really fascinating because it's so different from anything he's ever done. It's more, it's more in line with his character in Groundhog Day than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like if that character grew up. <laughs> the WrestleMania no way. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's that's my pitch for nine nine perfect. Uh, I think that's what's called nine perfect yeah, strangers. It is. It's nine perfect. It's good. Strangers. It's a good show. You've sold me. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, just to follow up, the Spanking the Monkey did one point four million on a two hundred thousand budget. So I'm, that may. I mean, be that's why. pretty good. That may be for why. an indie film. I mean, yeah, they yeah. got him noticed because I, I don't making... think Flirting with Disaster did very well. But I think it's along the same lines. I think it was a. Uh, it's low budget. You know, it's it's oh, no. Ben Stiller before um, Ben Stiller was. Yeah, you Ben know. Stiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good sporting cast too. You know, it did fourteen, it million, 14 on million. million. Yeah, you see, yeah. It? fourteen on seven million budget. So. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty great. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah, just success. Basically, it was just. Yeah, he earned his re- his shot at the big. Sure. Time. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. I mean, if you double your money and you're talking millions, and people are like, oh, all right. 
Well, I know we like to separate art and artists, but do you guys, I mean, David O. Russell's got some, obviously he had problems with, with George Clooney in the set, but that we talked about that could be one thing or another. Uh, he's had problems with other actors. Yeah. And then he had this creepy sort of allegation about his uh, niece, his transgender niece or something. There's, there's some weird stuff in his personal life that don't he does, reflect I well mean, on him. Yeah, he, he does sound like kind of a... I think he's a shithead. Yeah, it's kind, sounds of a like kind of a shithead, you know? <laughs> I figured he was a really talented dickhead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, George Clooney has a great quote where someone asked him, would you ever work with David O. Russell again? He said, no, 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 never. I'll never work with him again. And then he said, but, you know, is he an extremely talented guy who probably will win Oscars and deserve to? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? So, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's... It goes. I mean, sometimes talented people are dicks. You know. I. You know. I'll. I'll. Yeah. We don't. Have, we don't have to excuse any of that. We're not. None of us are excusing bad things. But I would say that, at least, if you're a talented asshole, be the be the actual talent. Be the director or the actor. Don't be, don't be the producer. Don't be a Harvey Weinstein because <laughs> you're just a. You know. You're just an unnecessary turd with a lot of influence and money. You know, like and what? That's you one to grow on. <laughs> yeah, because that's. I was thinking about producing a, movies. A huge producer. Then I was like, oh, I'd have to actually be a decent person. Forget it. No. <laughs> uh-uh. No. Hey, I got to. Oh, so I got a nitpick. Total subject change for cool. a moment. I like nitpicks. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Spike Jones gets shot. Hmm. Don't they say, oh, it's right above your collarbone. Right. They do. Now, Sam, you will know better than me, but that does not sound like a fatal gunshot. So. Like, it's only because I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of feeling around right now on my shoulder. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a small space that seems like muscle. Is there like an artery right there? Um. So, yeah. So. The guy who shot him was actually down on the ground too, right? He was he was, was down he? on the ground in, oh. in the bush. It wasn't the guy. Who, oh, it yeah. wasn't the guy on the roof. They already killed the guy on the roof. Yeah, it was so an entry wound above the clavicle. Unless mm-hmm. you were like shrugging to get your clavicle really low in the in the medial port aspect, yeah. would pretty much be going through your trapezius and maybe get some nerves going to your arm. Yeah. But would actually. You know, it's the subclavian, sub meaning below, clavian clavicle is where the big artery and vessel are that, you know, heading out towards your arms and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, like if if you, unless the bullet was traveled medially, um, so if he, instead of a straight on shot, it went in and hit the internal carotid or, or, the, or at, that, at that point, it's the common carotid actually. So then you could lose a ton of blood that way. Hmm. Um, so everyone get all that wait does he, <laughs> he he coughs out blood right does he oh, no nah. well how would he though when you just yeah. described that i was thinking what if i mean because the he could bleed out from the back maybe the bullet went through and he bled out like the hit nick through the artery and then he was all the blood came out the back of the wound but the i really feel like they went out of their way to say it it was right above oh, yeah. his it was clavicle. a total bait and switch like they were like they, so it doesn't because you're worried about right Wahlberg, and then you're like, oh, because so. like in every action movie, someone gets shot there. They continue to kick ass, right? Well, they usually get <laughs> for shot like another too. hour. I was like, and then well, they refuse medical help, this is right? The- well, in every action movie, <laughs> yeah, action they movie. seriously <laughs> drop along and they act like it didn't happen, <laughs> right. because they always get shot like right below the clavicle. <laughs> right. um, but no, it, okay. So if you got, even if you got, so there's what's called the thyrocervical trunk, and you know some arteries coming off of that, and I've seen one of those arteries get poked with a needle by accident, like an 18 gauge needle, not a bullet and have it create like a giant hematoma in a second. Hmm. And the thing is, is like, they didn't show it here, but if the bullet hit something and it created enough pressure to either block off the carotid or block off the airway, I mean, there's, there's, yes, you could die. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I, Pretty much. So what you're saying is, it is possible someone to get shot just above the clavicle and and yeah, die within especially minutes. Yeah, especially if the bullet traveled from lateral to medial. All right. All right. Three kings. It's allowed. 
They clearly right. wanted us to not worry about him, and then <laughs> I know. You know. Oh, I know. And then it's just like you look over and he's dead. You're like, wait, what? Wait, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> that killed him. All right. Real quick, because it reminded me of it, is one time I had to get called to court to because I'd taken care of someone who was shot in the face, Ooh. and then um, you know was shot in the cheek, and the bullet did this. <laughs> crazy... Marvin? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> 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 but anyway, the bullet did this crazy thing. This guy was super lucky. The it must I can't remember what caliber gun it was, but it must have been the lower side because the bullet went into the cheek, hit the cheekbone, and it traveled underneath the skin along the cheek, wrapping around behind the bottom of the ear. And the exit wound was in the back near the middle of the neck. So if you <laughs> just looked at the two holes, you'd be like, oh my God, this thing went straight through him. This guy should be dead. But it didn't. It hit the bone. It traveled... Un- it, like it somehow stayed underneath the skin wrapped around as soon when i saw that i was like oh i'm not like this magic bullet crap for jfk like it's not it's it's not it's like i've seen enough gunshot wounds to realize like no bullets can do whatever they want um, it's crazy so anyway they, they get called to court and the, the the defense attorney for the guy who was robbing this guy's house and shot the guy who lived there and like um you know was asking me like well, you know, could this sort of, sort of injury actually, you know, kill someone? You know, don't you think that this was more of a warning shot? <laughs> like, uh, hey, are you absolutely crazy? Like, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. There's a, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know what you, what he was going for or whatever. It was What's the next? dumbest question of the <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's, I'm like, in my opinion, there's no safe area to shoot someone in the head. (laughs) So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say head and neck and uh, say that they're okay to have someone die from this gunshot. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Uh, While we're on the medical subject, what about the valve in Mark Wahlberg that's releasing the the air? Oh, that's totally true. That's exactly, yeah. And that little thing that he had they sell those little kits everything Uh, yeah yeah so you get a tension pneumothorax you get air stuck in the chest cavity push collapsing the lung and uh, you know or worst case scenario blood um yeah but anyway it can collapse things and distort things so much that you suffocate to death that's crazy and i think david russell talked to an er doctor and to get ideas and he was like what's the craziest and he said well or i think he asked him about the subject of the lung came up and then what if it what happens if the lung gets pierced and then he explained that so this clever yeah. clever way of putting stuff and he, in the and David Russell stuff. couldn't remember ever seeing that in a film before so that's why he wanted yeah. to put it in there yeah what was the other thing he was he wanted to see somebody get a splinter in a war movie <laughs> I think he said he like had that was an idea he wanted to to, to put in there and I think Spike Jones is like oh he's like what oh I got a splinter and they're you know in the middle, in middle of a battle you know yeah. Bombs going off. So, how old do you have to be to watch this movie if you are interested in watching it right now? 12. 12. 12 seems a little young to me. Yeah, there's some pretty graphic violence, some terrible shit happening in this movie. Yeah, maybe the question should be how old do you have to be appreciate the the various Parts of, I mean, like if you're young, you'd you'd hmm. laugh at the first part, and it'd be you know some funny stuff. There's a map in somebody's butt and all that stuff. But at what point would you actually appreciate it? But isn't that true for any movie? Like you have to be somewhere somewhere so. around sixteen or eighteen, you start thinking about things, and then I think well, you get a little older, you start like somewhere around twenty or twenty-two. You've seen a bunch of it, and then you start. I think. I think. I think it helps for this particular movie to have been cognizant of the sort of the real life events when they were happening mm. or it, it, you don't have to, to enjoy the film or to wreck it or to, you know, to respect it or like it or whatever. But if you had like we, you know, we were in, we were in high school mm-hmm. and I remember very clearly and it was so fucking rah, rah, rah USA at the time. You know, everyone was so impressed with ourselves. Not the movie, but the war you're just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking right. about the war itself. Okay. Yep. You know, everyone was just so into was, it. We're like, I was holy shit, up. USA, yeah. we're the fucking best. And then to see something like this, yeah. you know, and to see the sort of the darker side of that 
I feel like it, it just adds a really interesting layer to it because there's nothing about it that seems implausible. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, like the overarching sort of events that are happening, the ceasefire and then, you know, them taking it, you know, Saddam Hussein in ordering his Republican Guard to basically take it out of the civilians who had tried to rise up against him. Yeah. And cooperated with U.S. forces. And then the U.S. just like fucking saying, see ya. <laughs> you know? I think it's really interesting that that he was able to sort of not criticize the war or I mean, he, he takes a shot at Bush because Bush basically said, Kuwaiti people, please rise up and, you know, mm-hmm. and that didn't, that wasn't good for anybody because then uh, right. Saddam reacted and all that stuff. Um, but also he didn't, he didn't like criticize, it was not like American policy. Like, we all hate Saddam, you know, mm-hmm. everybody not, well, no, I think that's true. I think that worldwide people are not fond of Saddam and even in, even posthumously, even, and uh, Iraqi people are not missing him, you know, so that's sort of like a good you know, a justified, sort of a justified war, I'd say. But even though it's justified, doesn't mean everything that happens during that war is justified. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, period. Yeah. In these, in these crazy situations and and three countries involved too. Is it's, it's sort of like a, it was weird. I mean, it, it's, I was, I think I was saying in the beginning like that, I'm not sure you you can relate to it as much because so much has happened since then. But then at the same time, it's kind of a time capsule to when we could go to war and not, I mean, we didn't like it. And I mean, I remember being working at Perkins and heard, heard, heard we bombed Iraq. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, a war. I was wondering if this would ever happen in my lifetime. I mean, it did. But it wasn't like... <laughs> now we always have wars. Yeah, well, yeah. it's not, it's, it's kind of commonplace. It's... And and there are people that have, that you know, grown up after nine eleven and don't understand that time. You know, that's it's yeah. always going to happen. We're all you know we don't we didn't get Vietnam, but we definitely got a sense of it with all the Vietnam War movies and all of the cultural references and and the politics and everything that's happened since then. You can't avoid it. You know, you kind of understand, you know, what how crazy it was. Mm-hmm. But I think the. The pointlessness of war is, is yes, it's u- ubiquitous at this point and war is ubiquitous, but it's really not the point of the movie. So I think that mm. the, some of the stuff he's kind of poking fun at at the beginning um, is just the beginning. And you get away from it pretty quickly. Yeah. It becomes about some guys trying to get rich in the wrong way. Yeah. It was also very clever because then he could say, okay, a peace treaty was signed. So then there's like all of this, like they all just ignore us, you know, like, cause you, the first time I saw it, I remember thinking, how would this even happen? But, um, to this time it was more clear to me that like, okay, well they had just signed the peace accord. So you can't, you know, you can't fire upon, we were combatants yesterday, but we're not right now. So we can no longer, you know, shoot each other for when, for, you know, for really any reason. You know, which isn't because that's, that's the, the weird extra weirdness of this movie. You know, it's not during wartime. It's just after it. Yeah. I don't know. It's clever. It's just a, it's a, it, may, it sets it apart from a lot of different war movies. I don't know. Good, I think this movie's worth people going back to watch. Like, I agree. I, th- I think it's, it's one we all agree on that. Um, especially because, David Russell has become so famous since with, you know, yeah. really highly regarded movies. Like sure. you go back and see this and you realize, oh, he was doing it with a you know a little bit smaller cast, but still just really well put together movie. It's, mm-hmm. it, I enjoyed every minute of it. So did James. <laughs> Exclamation point. So what are we doing next? <laughs> Who are you asking? <laughs> Asking you, you're asking me. This is my movie. Oh, to guess. All right, <laughs> slick. All right, no hints. All right, we're going back to just 19- guess. <laughs> yeah, just guess. <laughs> just, you know, come on. There's only so many movies between 1975 and 1999. Yeah, just. Oh no. So close as far as the years go. We're Ooh. going to 1978 to a movie I have not seen. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it's got Gary Busey in it. <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> 
Yeah. Which you know, you're Old like wait, wrong, 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 <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong decade, right? And yeah. it also has Kathy Bates in it, which I was like, holy cow, really wrong decade. Kathy Bates and this Gary Busey from yeah. Bells, yeah. And I'll give the headliners Dustin Hoffman. Oh, is it Little Big Man or something? No, no, that's not seventy-eight. No, is it uh, Straw oh, Dogs? It's, it's got Harry Dean Stanton in it too. <gasps> is it the Marathon Man? No, I, no. It's not it's straw not. dogs. Nope. It's it's uh, about a burglar, though. Burglar? Yeah. Now I'm wondering if it's something I've never seen. Ooh. Straight time? Nope. No. Seen it? Never seen it. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I've heard it's, of it. It's, it has good reviews on uh, both IMDb and, and uh, Rotten Wait, Tomatoes. Have I seen that? It's been a while since we picked one that none of us have seen. Yeah. What was the last one? I don't think it worked out so well for us. <laughs> Probably. No, I I picked the I picked that graveyard movie, the uh the Japanese animation oh, movie Fireflies. about the, the, the kids who graveyard of firefly, yes. But the kids who, who die. But I that mean a, that's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something, right? That's right. hundred <laughs> percent. No, yeah. I've never seen Straight Time. Sweet. Yes. Cool. I was going to go for a really stupid, funny 80s movies that I know is on all three of our list, but then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to take a <laughs> risk here. That's nah. like, I, well, I know, well, I know you'll, you'll cover 80s next. It's, it's your nature. <laughs> so. I can't resist. <laughs> yeah. But you picked a movie with Gary Busey in it, so, I mean, that's automatically excellent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I, I want to know, like, is he crazy at, back in 1978 or is he just a regular guy? You know? <laughs> that's a good question. Anyway. We shall get to the bottom of it. Yes. yes. Next time. I think this is our best review. I mean, oh, it's yeah. the, the most fun I've had since our last review. Yeah. Hit the top Definitely. shelf. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm out of here. That's uh, enough movie do we buff. know where we can watch that or is that just uh You got to rent it. A rental. Okay. Uh, I missed that on my What is it? $1.99. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know how much. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Until then. Adios. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> 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 Will you go in pieces?